Hello and welcome to Second Cherry, almost a Eurovision podcast. This week we travel to Italy. Yes, hello and welcome to Second Cherry. I'm Matt. And I'm Monty. This is the podcast that revives the songs that didn't make it to the Eurovision Song Contest. Each week we take you through a different country's national final and pick the cherry we think deserves a second chance. A second bite of the cherry. And at the end of the series, you, the listeners, vote for your favourites and at our live event we crown the winner of the second cherry song contest. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Matt, we've made it. This is our final country to be revealed in 2020 season. Oh, thank God. We've, we've made it to the end. <laughs> we've got cheers. <laughs> cheers. Uh-huh. Well, chin chin. That's cans. Cans. Um, it doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't quite clink. Okay. Yeah, we're drinking it. We're slumming it today. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, here we are. The, our secret country that we left unrevealed, which I think was, you know, the worst kept secret. I think everyone could guess it was going to be Italy of the ones that we uh, hadn't recorded. So here we are. I'm well excited. I've been, I've been so excited. Can I tell you, I actually fell over in the shower earlier um, <laughs> in anticipation of this. Honestly, I had some music, some of the... Dropped the soap again, did you? Yeah, well, yeah. No, I had Sam Remo on in the background and was kind of bopping away and then kind of got into the shower and kind of clipped and fell over. And I thought, that's due to my excitement because of San Remo, so yeah. <laughs> Not due to anything else, I'm sure. <laughs> I was alone, FYI. <laughs> so here we are, the final one. The great San Remo. We've had to leave Italy till last, because San Remo only finished last week. <laughs> it goes on for so bloody long. And it starts next week. So. Yeah. <laughs> It, it does start early as well. It does. It's October and it was going to be year. pushed back October. October last year. Yeah, it started because all the Sa- the San Remo Giovanni and the San Remo area. You know, like the younger artists that they. You know, it's like a it's a massive process. Yeah, it started well early last year. Oh, I was just talking about the actual just, nights of the festival. Oh, that yeah. I mean, that goes on forever as it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a little later next next year as well. It's going to be pushed back a bit. So we don't actually know whether in 2021 San Remo is going to be the mechanism for choosing the European song for Italy or whether they're going to get a special dispensation to choose later beyond the cut-off date or whether... Well, we don't know. Yeah, we just I mean, know. we don't know anything about next year yet, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but here we are. We do know about this year, and we're going to look back at Italy. But before we do, I think, is your sack bulging? My sack is bulging. Well, I wouldn't say bulging. I'd say it's just filled. With <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, would you like to empty it? <laughs> yeah. okay. For the listener. So we've got a little message from someone. So I'm going to read this out. This is from Craig, and Craig says, Hi guys, thank you for the brilliant podcast. It's an absolute joy to relive this year's national selections with you. Oh, thanks. This was my first year following the national selections, and it is fantastic to review and also discover songs I had missed the first time. Stay safe, keep well, Craig from Perth in Western Australia. Mm. There's a PS to Craig's message as well, <laughs> yeah. which is PS David Axelrod WTF. <laughs> well, we'll find out WTF when we have the 
live show. Oh, oh, I said the live show. Oh, my God. Stay tuned to the end of the podcast because we have some possibly exciting, well, it is exciting, but possibly temperedly exciting Lukewarm excitedness. (laughs) Oh, no, the excitement's high, but the tempering of that excitement has to be based in COVID reality. (laughs) But we will tell you at the end of the show. But yeah, Craig, thank you for that message. It's really nice to hear that. And it's the same for us as well. Even when we kind of briefly watch stuff first time around, the second time, our opinions change. So I'm glad that you're with us and still with us at week, whatever we are now in this series. So uh, thanks for your message. Much appreciated. So enough of your bulging sack, Matt. Let's dive into Italy. Right, Monty, we've got a lot to get through this episode, so I'm going to go as fast as I can, but I'm going to be as clear as I can, because I think we do need to break down Sanremo 2020, because we all always talk about Sanremo being long and, you know, very, very reflective of Italian culture, and it, it's it's hard to get into, because it's so thick with Italianness. Um, and I think, well, let's just do a very quick run through. So, San Remo 2020, it was the 70th edition of the festival. It's long running. We know this. It predates Eurovision itself. It ran this year over five nights. There were 24 entries in the live shows. Uh, that was held from the 4th to the 8th of Feb at the Teatro Ariston in, in San Remo. There are actually two selections that run concurrently with San Remo. You've got the main contest, I mean festival, but then also there's the San Remo Giovanni, which is a newcomer type contest. But for San Remo Festival itself, there are four different voting groups that vote for the songs. But what I want to do is just run through each night very quickly just to give a flavour of what goes on. So night one, the first 12 artists perform and they are voted on by their demoscopic jury, which is basically curated fans, music fans who are voting at home. The night two, the remaining 12, the second half, they come on and they do their songs, and that is also voted on by the Demoscopic Jury. Then Night 3 happens. This year it was Sam Remo 70, which was all the big 24 artists performed songs from Sam Remo history all through the years, um, and they could be joined on stage by a musical guest. And the voting for that was done by the Sam Remo Orchestra and singers of the orchestra. Night 4... This is where it gets good, guys. All 24 entries are sung again. And the voting for this is by a jury in the press room, which is like TV, radio journalists and, and such like. But San Remo wouldn't be San Remo without a bit of drama. Oh, no. And scandal. And this is what allegedly happened, Monty. The artists Bugo and Morgan, they are quite well known in Italy. I think they joined together for San Remo which I think caused a bit of friction because on night four, when they came on to sing, it was just Morgan came on, started the song and had lyrics in his hands. And there were new lyrics to the song. Bugo was wandering around stage looking nonplussed and then wandered off stage and then the music stopped. And then there was confusion. They were like, aloha, aloha. And they were, we didn't know what was going on. As it turns out, allegedly... Morgan had received a letter the night before from Bugo, completely cussing him. And they have a big argument saying he's a 
I don't know. I got the, the lyric content. I don't know what it is. It's, it was a nasty letter. And so then Morgan read that letter out via singing the lyrics of the song on stage. Hugo had nothing to do with this and didn't know he was going to do this. And then stormed off stage. Morgan went off stage. They never came back on. And that was the drama. There was a big argument. I wonder if they're friends now. I don't know. I doubt it. I'm guessing not. <laughs> I'm guessing not. <laughs> That's all allegedly, anyway. Night five is the final night, and the now 23 acts, <laughs> because they were disqualified, uh, the 23 acts sing, and the winner is revealed. There is a super final, so the top three are then pulled apart, and then there you go. The voting is averaged, by the way, here on the final night, and it's the demoscopic vote, the press, and the public vote. They're all averaged out, and then Diodate won. Now, we're a little bit confused because the averaging doesn't make sense to us here. So if someone wants to write in and tell us, because Monty, you can't get work, get your head around it, can you? Well, I haven't got time to get my head around it, is the thing. I mean, you know, we're already you know, five nights into San Remo. That's about six hours a night. And, you know, no, I can't. No. So but we have a winner. We have a winner. And the winner was Diodata with Fire Amore. Monty, use your question. Did the right song win? No, not Ooh, for me. Okay. I mean, I like this. I don't love it. I like it. Uh, and it grew on me over the Eurovision season. But it wasn't my favourite on the night. It certainly wasn't the public's favourite. It won by an overwhelming vote from the press room. Um, so, you know, make of that what you will. Um, but no, it just, I didn't even, it wasn't on my radar right up until the final i had i just completely overlooked it it didn't register with me at all mm. i think that's a lot of people have said that to me actually for me personally it, it is the song that should have won but i didn't recognize it at the time and i think lockdown has a lot to do with that for me personally i've listened to this a lot during lockdown because it suddenly takes on a different meaning mm. so I, I absolutely adore this. Um, and personally, I think it was the right song that won. However, when we come on to some of the songs in this selection, there's some very, very close second and thirds. It was a very good lineup of songs this year in San Remo. So I tell you what, as we're up against it time-wise, let's jump straight into it. Okay, so song one, a familiar face to us, it's Francesco Gabani with Vice Versa. Ma se dovessimo spiegare in pochissime parole il complesso meccanismo che governa l'armonia del nostro amore basterebbe solamente dire senza starci troppo a ragionare che sei tu che mi Stare bene quando io sto male, 
what do you think of this? Um, I like Francesco. He's a bit of a scamp. He, I, scamp is a very good word yeah, for Steve. He's a bit of a, sc- a lovable rogue. Yeah. Um, this isn't a patch, I don't think, on his Eurovision entry, Occidentalis Karma. But it is completely his sound that he does. He's known for a bit of wordplay. And I think when you look at the translated lyrics here, it's suggested there might be a bit of wordplay here. I can't tell. I don't speak Italian, but I think there's something going on here. He talks about the back and forth of being in a relationship and that complex feeling of good and bad being in a relationship. It's it's a really interesting thing. I Because I imagine he is a bit of a scamp. I can imagine he's quite well placed to talk about <laughs> a complex relationship. A bit of a player, do you think? Maybe. I don't want to cast any aspersions, but I, I think so. Um, <laughs> but, but there is an honesty to this song. It's really honest. And I think that's what pulled this through to second place. It got 11.6% of the votes. And I think that honesty and his good name, well-known name, has pulled this through, to be honest. A half-decent song, I would say, at best. But, you know, he's a scamp, isn't he? He is. Um, There's something really endearing about Francesco. He's such a smooth and effortless performer. You could watch him all day. And there is that kind of mischievous look about him. I really like this. I really, I mean, I love Occidentalis Karma and I bought two of his albums off the back of it and they're absolutely cracking. And I just, I really like this. It hasn't got the charm of Occidentalis Karma, but I think it's philosophical about love and about relationships in a different way to Occidentalis Karma was philosophical. And I think possibly his connection with the Italian audience from the previous entry. And he'd also won the Giovanni a couple of years before Mm. as well with a great song. I think that maybe put him ahead in people's minds. So, you know, when you're looking out for somebody and you're already looking favourably, somebody they're more likely to to get votes. I think that's possibly why he's picked them up here. Because I don't think the song is... I was surprised it came second. I was a little disappointed by the song. But I still like it. I, I agree. I think it was a, a name that we thought, oh, he's back. What's he going to bring? And mm. then it was something not quite as good. But, you know. Yeah. No gorillas this time. Thank fuck for that. <laughs> so song two is Ringo Starr by Penguini Tatici Nucleari. Monty. Can I just say how fabulous this band name is? <laughs> Pinguini Tattici Nucleari, the tactical nuclear penguins. <laughs> <laughs> Is brilliant. This was um, third. This did really, really well. I love this. It's it's just it's fun. It's mm. got a lot of energy. Um, it's the name Ringo Starr. It, the the reason they're using Ringo Starr is they're trying to basically say I'm not I'm not 
John Lennon or Paul McCartney, I'm more like Ringo Starr. And that's what the chorus is. In a world of John and of Paul, I'm Ringo. Uh, so it's got that sense of, you know, you're a little bit the outsider. You know, you're not necessarily the, you know, the real talent of the, the group or, um, you know, you're not necessarily the really cool one. But I like that. I like that sentiment. It looks like a a bunch of geeky boys having some moderately chaotic fun on stage. And then they get up, they get into the audience, they get the audience out of their seat, get the audience clapping along. It's it's cheeky and it's nice and it's it, there's a slight confidence in it because it, he knows his place and he knows where he is in the world. And, you know, he's not quite the... He's a little bit of a misfit, but it's almost celebrating the misfit. Yeah, I think there's a lack of confidence here, but there's confidence in the lack of confidence. In mm. the sense, he's saying, look, you know, yeah, I have this lack of confidence, but, uh, you know, I just, fuck it, I just don't care anymore. Oh, it's, it's got that feel to it, isn't it? I think it's a little bit about breakup as well. It's sort of about maybe a breakup as, you know, if you've ever been through a breakup and it's really knocked your confidence and mm. then you've suddenly sort of bounced back a little bit, it kind of, fit, this is the look and feel for me for this song. This brass section, though, oh, my God, it pulls its weight in this song, doesn't it? This is what this orchestra is here for. They love it. Quirky and joyful, basically, this song. Just a word on the orchestra there. I think with Sam Remo, you know, they're doggedly stuck to the orchestra. Um, and I think it's brilliant. I mean, when you've got some classy Italian ballads, it just comes into its own. But then when you've got some up-tempo numbers like this and you've got sections of the orchestra that are picked out and given their starring role almost, whether you whether it's a musical role or whether it's using the orchestra of their actions like Francesco Gabbani did with Occidentalis Caramel, with the Alez, mm. and all of the, the violin bows going up in the air at the same time. It's really great. You can just bring the orchestra in and be a whole part of the of the show. And it's it's beautiful at San Remo. They do it so, so well. I think also it's worth pointing out that the staging in terms of all the lighting and the LEDs and the backdrop, it was stunning staging this year. Every act, even the songs which were a bit bland, got brilliant staging. It's a great show to watch if you can last five days. The songs are great, yeah. I mean, you've got to really cut through all of the waffle and the chit-chat <laughs> and the, you know, the guests. And I know we're not Italian and I know we don't necessarily get the cultural references and we don't get the language... But by God, they drag it out. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna commit next year. I think I might rude that decision, but I might commit and do five nights next year. Yeah, you've got to have a couple of nights where you're kind of doing something in the in between, <laughs> yeah. and then you can pause and watch the songs, and then go back to whatever it was that you were doing. Because it, I mean, it takes like five hours just to get through the the show where they're presenting only half the songs. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. A lot of time needed. Anyway, we're moving on to song three. Otherwise, we'll be gossiping forever between the songs as well. Uh, song three is Tiki Bomb Bomb by Levante. Matt, what do you think about this Tiki Bomb Bomb? This is my kind of song. 
I have to say, you know, guys, listen to it. Turn it up. It is so good. I love it. There's a sort of a high sustained note in the chorus, which is really hard to sing. And she nails this in the live performance. So if you can try and get hold of that or try and see it, it's a great live performance here by Levante. Quite simply, one of my favourite songs in this, I thought it was brilliant. I think she's great. I like her attitude. And there's a cheeky little tiki tiki at the end, which is just perfection. I love it. really think it's great. What about you? She's a great performer. I love her. There's a bit of sass here. There's a bit of sultriness. But there's a lot of confidence in the way she delivers the song as well. She looks amazing as well. She, have you seen her shoes? Mm. Like, oh my God, they're like glitter, golden glitter platforms. They're the kind of shoes that, you know, it looks as though it's a bit cumbersome on her feet. It looks like she's going to fall off herself in them. <laughs> it's just incredible. And her hair. Her hair reminds me of... Do you remember a few years back when those couple of Irish girls got done for drug busting in or being drug mules in Peru? And one of them had a ridiculous sort of bun on the top of her head. <laughs> it just looked absolutely just preposterous. But Levante has got her hair done in the same way as that. And that's what it reminds me of. But yeah, no, lovely little song. The orchestra's gorgeous in this mm-hmm. as well. So yeah, very much like that. Although it only came 12th place, though. I know. Mm. So, moving on to song four. And this is Andromeda by Elodie. Monty, this came seventh. What you, what do you think? It's, you know, how could this come seventh? This song deserved so much better. This is a song that is so well performed. It's slick. It's confident. Mahmood is one of the composers. And you could absolutely tell. You could hear Mahmood singing this song. You can swap them over vocally, can't you? Yeah. You can hear him doing it, yeah. Yeah, there's just something wonderful. Elodie looks amazing. I mean, she's wearing a frock that's barely containing her. Her cascading bosom (laughs) looks like it's about to topple out of that frock at any moment. I do love her boobage, though. She looks so good. She looks amazing. The song feels like it's a bit of a kind of, you know, response to, you know, men patronising you in a relationship and, you know, just really oozes charm and class. Fantastic. Absolutely love this. But it's sexy and confident as well. There's a sex element to this. Because I look at her and I think, as a gay man, I'm like, Christ, you're testing me right now. She's stunning. (laughs) She's absolutely stunning. But there's a real confidence. Yeah, there's a real confidence here. And I really like it. You can see it's written by Mahmood. It's a great modern sound produced by an orchestra. I thought that's worth pointing out. This is very modern. Yes. There's also a bit of a band set up within the orchestra as well. So you've got your more traditional orchestral instrument, plus you've got your electronic band instruments and they're playing in harmony. Mm. So, you know, maybe the electronic sound is coming more from there than it is from the orchestra. But I think the orchestra just 
add something yeah. gorgeous to this. For sure. And it's really, really great camera work here with her. Yeah. With the lighting as well. It's it's brilliant. Great entry. Love it. Fantastic. So song five is called Eden and it's by Rancore. Sappiamo già tutti, ogni mela che regali porta un'intuizione, nonostante questa mela in mezzo ai falsi frutti è una finzione. Ora il pianeta Terra chiama destinazione, nuovo aggiornamento, nuova simulazione, nuovo aggiornamento, nuova simulazione. Come l'Eden, come l'Eden, come l'Eden, prima del Come prima quando tutto era unito, mentre ora cammino in questo mondo proibito. Come l'Eden, come l'Eden, come l'Eden, prima del Quando il cielo era infinito, quando c'era la festa e non serviva l'invito. So Matt, what do you think about this? This is beautiful and dramatic and maybe sort of traumatic as well uh, a bit because this is saying something. God, is he saying something? Um, There's that classical piano, which is such a great bass for this rap over the top. It really works. And we get this a lot in Italy in San Remo this sort of young man, this sentimental rapping. But here, I say sentimental, but it's actually quite angry and very political. Um, it's it's my interpretation, but I think he's talking of Western politics and cons- Western consumerism, sort of view of the East and how we sort of villainize people and countries and immigrants maybe from the East. And it's just, I, it just resonates with me. I, I, I can't quite get the lyrics, but I love what he's saying if that makes sense um and this came 10th place and uh it shouldn't it should have been well it should have been that super final for me it is one of my favorite songs of this year i agree it's one of my favorite songs as well i think it's just amazing there's something about that sort of lilting piano that just drives this forward and then the strings come in later on and the wrapping over the top you kind of think if should feel a little bit incongruous, but it doesn't. It just blends so, so well together. Again, I think there's so much going on in the lyrics. He actually won the prize, the, the Sergio Bardotti prize for best lyrics. Um, and I think you need to be an native speaker or have a good translation to pick them apart. But I get those same themes coming through this kind of harking back to a sort of a simpler, more cohesive world before terrorism. Mm. Um, and yeah, lots of sort of or lamenting the state of the world, I think. Yeah. Um, it's just brilliant. He's really easy on the eye as well. And it's just such an engaging performance. And at the end as well, there's like yeah, shots fired. gunshots and he sort of does the, you know, actions of being shot and then looks up with a smouldering look to camera. <laughs> <laughs> I think they had to do that because if he dropped to the floor, yeah, it would have been a bit, oh, is he okay? Did that actually happen? It's Sam Remo. Anything can happen, right? Uh, so I think they needed to make that smile, quick smile to camera to make sure everyone knows that you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but, but, but I love this. I love, you know, we think of Sam Remo as being those classically Italian songs, the sort of the raspy, slightly rocky, classy ballads, but actually we're getting a lot more diversity in Sam Rainbow. When we think about this, we think about the um the um Ragazza Conicoro di Latta last year, which was rapping as well. There's just some really, really good and interesting artists coming through San Remo now. And just the diversity, I'm all for it. So on to song six and it is Menefrego by Achille Lauro. Oh, see, see, 
Monty, you you like this, don't you? I do like this. Achille Lauro is an interesting artist. He was in last year with a song called Rolls Royce, which I have to say I just dismissed and rather dismissed him because I thought he was just some toppity hapenny rocker. And then he turns up this year and blows my socks off. This is a really... It's kind of sort of slightly indie-ish feel... Kind of, you know, sort of slightly gravelly voiced rock, but it's the visuals. I mean, and he, sir, because you get to perform so many times, he served up a different, stunning look every night. <laughs> the first night, he came on with a, a, a cloak, which came off after the first verse to reveal a glittery body stocking that had a sort of an almost nude look. It was very, it was like a sort of, like a wrestler's leotard, a very camp wrestler's leotard, <laughs> you know, with all this sort of chest of his tattoos out and leaving very little to the imagination. Um, the second night, uh, time performed, he was in a sort of, uh, he was top topless underneath a sheer smock um, with his big sort of headdress on. And then on the, the collaborations night, he came out looking a little bit like Bowie in this green suit with the sort of the Ziggy Stardust kind of makeup and the whole look with the, the orange hair. It just looked stunning. And then on the final, I mean, it just went to another level on the final. So he comes down the stairs a little bit like Elizabeth I. <laughs> he was. <laughs> this sort of ginger puffed hair. A rough around the neck, red trousers, a cream blouse, and this outer skirt of what looked like the kind of like a hooped underskirt that you'd wear, you know, to shove your bustle out and, you know, mm. a, a 18th century kind of thing. That comes off quite quickly. But it's also the look. I mean, he's got these pearls all around his face, framing his, his face. Kind of imagine a pearl necklace, but all over your chin and all over your forehead <laughs> yeah I think that was on purpose <laughs> <laughs> and then he did, there was this quite sort of homoerotic performance there's lots of sort of interactions with his guitarist just really interesting you can't take your eyes off him and I think this seemed to rise in the table every night after the votes were cast at each stage this rose up and rose up and rose because it started quite low and I think of all the songs in the Italian final, this is the one that hit the zeitgeist because I think this was the biggest, one of the biggest hits in the Italian charts afterwards. And I want to know more about Achille Lauro now. And also I found out he's, he's named after a, a boat that was hijacked by the Palestine Liberation Front. The boat was called the Achille Lauro. And so he's called Lauro and he's just adopted this prefix to his name. So, mm. yeah. Interesting. The song, not so much. No, it's I mean, the song, I quite like it because I've sort of watched it to watch him so much now. But yeah, the song is, the song doesn't quite match the, the what's going on on stage. Yeah, no, this isn't my favourite, to be honest. He's a lot more interesting to me. I, I want to know more about him. 
the song, yeah, I've heard it a hundred times before, to be honest, but it's a bit style over substance, but he's a, the most engaging artist on that stage, for sure. Right, so we've got a seventh song this week as well. There's so many good songs in San Remo, and song number seven is Musica Il Resto Scompare by Elettra Lamborghini. Tanto qui resta la musica, il resto scompare, musica, il resto scompare, musica, il resto scompare, musica, il resto scompare. Now, let me just say something about Elettra Lamborghini, first of all. She is the heiress to the Lamborghini fortune, the, the sports cars. And, yeah, I mean, if you've got all that money and the ability to spend it around, just wondering, you know, how did she get into this performance? She has become a bit of an Italian personality, but I don't think she's known as a singer. No, the first line of my notes here, Monty, is sorry, but she's paid her way into this competition. <laughs> <laughs> but can I just say, I'm bloody glad she did. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I think, you know, you're introduced to this notion that she may have paid her way into the competition because right at the start of her song, the backing vocalists sort of sing her name or say her name. Um, Lamborghini. <laughs> Whilst one of them is smirking her like to the ear to ear, so she knows exactly what this is about. It's a bit naff there. Uh, the song is okay. There's a repetitive element to it, which is quite good actually. But I love the song. Oh my god, I absolutely love the song. It's as naff as you like. It's as cheap as chips, but it's brilliant. It's a vanity project. But it's quite a decent vanity project. It's not like, oh my god, just get off the stage. You you want you enjoy it. There's one part where she walks into the crowd, which a couple of artists do to better effect actually, because <laughs> she sort of just wanders along the front row. They look very awkward. They didn't really achieve. I think it was more like, I have arrived. Look at me. And they're like, oh hi. <laughs> one woman sort of like wants to take a video and stops and it's just all a bit awkward she doesn't quite quite nail the the stagecraft of that moment yeah so stagecraft is um to be developed i think let's say that yeah (laughs) she sort of strolls around the stage rather than struts or commands it it's it's slightly lethargic i mean she makes margaret look energized <laughs> from poland Polish yeah. Margaret. Yeah. <laughs> but she does that fantastic little dance break where you know she i think she thinks she's better than she is um and she does these sort of little chore- choreography that you can tell she's really concentrating on but she's you know she's loving herself while she does it she gets the conductor up and they do a little sort oh, of yes. shimmy in a bar yeah. it's quite nice but yeah it's just but it sounds brilliant on Spotify. Yeah. I mean, on the Spotify playlist, this is just cracking. It just comes on and I just want to dance to it. It's brilliant. It's okay. I mean, you know, we, we do love you, uh, Electra. So, you know, if you want to sponsor my podcast, Lamborghini, thank you very much. But <laughs> <laughs> Not my favourite, though. But Monty, we're going to finish off because you have one special mention, I dare say. 
Well, yeah, I just wanted to mention as an honorary mention, I think, uh, Raphael Gaulazzi, who was the returning artist for Italy in 2011 when they came back after a long hiatus. Um, And he came second at that time. He was in this year and he was, um, it's just worth a look. Uh, if you can get a copy of the live performance for this, and I know live performances are not easy to find of Sanremo, but he's playing the piano. There's uh, it, it's called Carioca, which is the female name of somebody who comes from Rio, Rio de Janeiro, and it's got that kind of sort of slightly Rio jazzy sambery inspired feel to it. And there's a sort of the little samba band that's playing on the stage, and there's a a little vignette of a young Raphael playing a little tiny little baby <laughs> piano and uh, you know dancing with a, a, a girlfriend. It's just bizarre. It's really bizarre. And what he is wearing, I'm just it just looks really strange. He's wearing like a fedora and these enormous glasses and it's yeah. It's all a bit strange, but definitely worth having a look for the um, performance. I'm not going to say what I wrote down that I thought he looked like in my notes at the time. <laughs> so I think it might be libelous. <laughs> <laughs> so check that out if you can. So before we get on to what cherry has been chosen, there's this. Matt and Monty's good thing of the week. That is good. It's good. Oh, that's good, that is. So this is our segment of the show where we like to highlight something positive, something nice, something happy, something that's made us glad. Before we do, I think we just have to have a nod to our pick last week, which was Demir Kedjo in the Croatian episode. Now, we said that we that Demir had teased the fact that he um, was possibly recording something for Eurovision next year. The moment the podcast was published, the users revealed that actually he was just working on a, on a remix, he said. So nothing to do with that. And then I think the day after the podcast was released, it was announced that Demir tested positive for coronavirus. So, yeah. So it wasn't well, a positive week for him. It wasn't a positive week <laughs> after we named him the good thing of the week. That was good under false pretenses. So we just want to say we hope that Demir is feeling better soon. And yeah, we... Got that a bit wrong. You're still good to us, Demir. Don't absolutely, worry. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what's our good thing of the week this week, Matt? Well, it's another song release, uh, but very deserved good thing of the week that is good, we think. And that is Kano with Transarctic Lover. So you can hold my breath, Now, I've been on at Monty all series to have Kano's album, Okta, as the good thing of the week. That's good. But it would, nothing really, no week came up that where it was suitable to have it. So I'm quite glad we've got this new single. It's just typically Kano, their sound. It's got a great little lyric video. I Yeah, I just really, really love these guys. What about you, Monty? I love them as well. There's such an energy to them. And of course, we've got that connection with them because they were um, our 
headline act at Eurofest last year where we did Second Cherry as the warm-up. And uh, what a fantastic night that was. I really like this. It's got a nice sort of like disco feel to it. There's a little reference to Kylie in it. Yes. It's just really nice. Yeah, it's uh, it's fun. And they, they continue to be a gift that keeps on giving to the fandom. I think, you know, they keep coming up with lovely little songs and yeah long may they long may they reign aiming to that matt and monty's good thing of the week that is good it's good oh that's good that is so matt only one cherry left to reveal in our lineup for 2020 which of these italian choices is it going to be well monty and dear listeners Our final cherry of the year is... Goodness knows how that's going to sound on the mic. (laughs) (laughs) Andromeda by Elodie. Yay! (laughs) What a fucking performance. Great. What a star. I don't think anybody's going to be surprised at that choice, really. No, it was a fan favourite, and I think it got the youth vote. The youth liked it. Um, And we, I mean, me and you personally loved the song Eden by Rancora but I I think this is this is the the surefire second place for us and it was everyone in the team's choice I think it was easy pick So that's Elodie and Andromeda, and she is going to be joining our lineup at our live show. (laughs) Now, we have this announcement for you, but this is with all the caveats in the world. All being well, we are going to be able to bring you a live final of Second Cherry 2020. At the Royal Vauxhall Tavern with Eurofest again. Slight change, obviously, because there are major changes to hospitality in the UK. At the moment, we are planning to do the show as a matinee, as an afternoon performance on Saturday the 7th of November. Doors at 2 and show at 3 o'clock. We say this with big caveats because this podcast is coming out on the morning of Monday the 12th of October and by around lunchtime or early afternoon on Monday the 12th of October we are anticipating an announcement from the UK government which may bring in tighter restrictions uh, due to coronavirus. So everything is up in the air But at the moment, if London gets off unscathed and hospitality is still able to open, even in its limited hours, we will be bringing you a live show on the 7th of November. We're going to do it. I'm going to stay positive. We're going to do it. Um, COVID negative, happiness positive. Yes. We've got to stay COVID secure now as well. Don't go out. 
Don't well, go out. Yeah. <laughs> Between now and then. <laughs> but we're really excited by this because obviously the RVT is our spiritual home anyway. So this makes sense. So if we can all pull through and we can get to that date and there's no restrictions on hospitality, mm-hmm. well, fingers crossed we might have a live show. Yes. Now we know that a lot of you live in places around the world. The geographical spread of our cherries is completely surprising we, do. we look at the map you're, you're in you're in some weird old places listeners so we know that not all of you are, are able to travel to london and even within the uk travel is a little bit restricted so it's not as easy to get around so we know that not everyone will be able to come to the live show uh, for those that can you'll be wanting information on tickets and we believe the tickets are going to go on sale on wednesday the 14th of October at 8pm in the evening. If there are any amendments to that between us recording the podcast on Saturday and it going out on Monday, we will update on our social media, so keep a check of that. There are a very, very limited number of tickets for this year's event, and that's because of capacity in the RVT, who have been doing an amazing job of keeping venues open, of keeping live acts happening in cabaret. So we really applaud them, but it really is a limited amount of tickets because of their restricted seating capacity. So you don't want to miss it if you're in London and you have the opportunity to come along. So keep an eye on our social media for any updates on that. We expect the tickets to sell out very, very quickly indeed. So just to remind you then, our social media is on Twitter at Second Cherry, Insta, Second Underscore Cherry, Facebook, Second Cherry Podcast, and you can email us at hello at secondcherry.vision. That's hello at secondcherry.vision. Now we're almost done for this episode, but there is one other important thing that we need to do, and that is because we are now at 18 songs We've got our full complement. So the bit that all of you can get involved with is here. This is the point at which we open the online voting. Well, actually, this is open now. It's actually open now. So look at the link that's in the show notes. You can click it and you can vote. And it will be on the website as well. And we'll put it out on our social media as well. So you, the listeners, can have your say on our pick of the 2020 cherries. Now, remember, you've got a lot of responsibility because we will have 18 juries at the live show who collectively will form 50% of the votes. And then your votes will act as of the remaining 50% as a proportion of the available votes for each country. So just like at Eurovision, you will effectively be the televote. Mm, and I can see some of you cheated last year or tried to cheat and we, we discounted your vote. So we will get round you if you try and pull one over us. <laughs> Trust me, my spreadsheet, my spreadsheet is foolproof. Don't try and pull one over us. <laughs> pull one off for us. No, no, no. We need to there. end this podcast, Come Monty. It's getting ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you've got all the information. Live show, online voting open now, and 18 cherries for you to enjoy. Thank you for being with us during this year's episode. We do have a 
bonus episode to come and that will be out in two weeks time on October the 24th that's a bit of a wash up where we look over some of the national finals that we didn't include this year pick out some of the songs from those and just generally get excited about the final happening Mm, I'm excited now fabulous so thank you for listening and we'll speak to you soon take care Bye. bye